This is the largest handout ever at Life Spring Foursquare Church. Woo! I finally set a record. Look at that. I was hoping it was going to be in athletics, but, you know, you got to go with what you got, so. All right. And if you're wondering, is it possible to get through all of this in the two hours and 27 minutes I have? I think I can do it. I think I can do it. And if you're wondering why it's so long, I'm actually going to share that with you at the end of today's message. But make sure you have one. I am going to share it with you. Secondly, Happy New Year. Yeah. You know how I can tell it's New Year? I love this every year. I go into Safeway or I go into a drugstore. I go to the magazine rack. The, the titles just scream Happy New Year, don't they? I love them. They're always the same every year, I'm sure. They just change the year, but I love them. Lose 20 pounds fast in 2013. Yeah. Make more money in the coming new year. And then my personal favorite is a whole new you in 2013. Yeah. You, you probably thought part of you was okay, but apparently not. You need a whole new you in 2013. So... It's, it's the coming new year for sure. So, uh, and this is the time of year when pastors and preachers and speakers all over this country preach about the coming new year. And today's going to be no different. So I was praying to God and I said, what should I preach on? What should I focus on? And he told me two things. First, he said, Noah. And I responded like I usually respond to God, like, huh, not stupid. What Noah? What is that about? <laughs> no. So and then I thought a little bit further on it. I thought, oh. Noah, Noah, talk about a guy that had to start all over again. That's perfect. And God went, yeah, yeah, I know. That's why I gave it to you. So so Noah, that's the first thing he told me. And the second thing he told me, I think, was um, today's message is only for one person. So maybe it's you. Maybe it's not. If it's not, thank you for coming. But maybe it's you. Maybe it's not. I don't know. So I could be wrong about that, but, but here's how it's going to work. I'm going to read today's message today, and as I go through, you get to decide if you're in or you're out. Because I could come to a point and you can say, no, it's not for me. Don't feel bad about that. Today's message is just not for you. It's only for one person. So you just take yourself out of the running. That's fine. Okay? So let's begin. Before we start, let's lift up this time in prayer. Will you join me in that? Father God, we just thank you for this morning, Lord. We thank you for this new year that's on its way, Lord. We thank you for your word that never changes, and we, uh, we open it up with expectant hearts this morning, asking you to, to give us your word. Speak to each one of us as only you can, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that this morning it's all about you, and we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so we're all the way back in Genesis 6, because that's where we find Noah. Genesis 6, and this is on your gigantic handout. Genesis 6, this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. Here's your first villain. This is God's judgment. Oh, see, I lost some of you already. <laughs> judgment. We don't want the God who judges. I know. Stick with me, though. Stick with me. We don't want the God who judges. We want the God from last Sunday. Remember him, little baby Jesus? That's the God we like. 
We want that God. We don't want the judging God. We want the big guy upstairs. We want Lord Almighty. We want thank you, Jesus. That's the God we want. We want the God who says, hey, close enough. It's okay. Don't worry about it. It's fine. If you're going to sin, just sin a little, not a lot. We want the God who says, can't we all just get along? That's the God we want. We don't want the judging God. We want the God who says, it's okay as long as you don't hurt anybody else. That's the God we want. We like that God. But the truth is, God judges. He's a judging God. Why does he judge? He judges because he's holy. And holy, if you don't know, means perfect and blameless and without sin. He's perfect. He judges. Psalm 75, verse 7 says in part, but God is our judge. He's our judge. And it's not just the Old Testament God either. Wouldn't that be nice if we could just have the New Testament God? Then we could all be New Testament Christians. That would be great. But here's what Jesus says in Matthew 10:34. Don't suppose that I have come to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Jesus came to call the enemy a liar, to separate with his sword, his truth from the world. He came to judge it. He didn't come to condemn you. Don't believe that. The enemy comes to condemn. Jesus did not come to condemn, but he did come to judge. He came to judge. And if that bothers you that Jesus judges, that God judges, that he is as far away from sin as he can be, that he separates himself from sin, know this too, that as far away from sin as God is, he is also that far away from fear and doubt and regret and lack and disorder and unrest. And when we are in those states, we are far from him, farther from him. We are separated farther from him. So when you find yourself in those states, come back. Head back to him. God judges. And here's the last little piece on this passage. I love this. Look at it closely. We're only in Genesis 6. What is God judging these people based on? Is he judging them based on his law? No, because he hasn't even laid down his law yet. He said, go, go forth, multiply, be fruitful, have fun, go for it. I've given you this wonderful world, go. And they went. What's it say in this passage? For all the people on the earth had corrupted their ways. They couldn't even keep their own laws. And God saw this. And it wasn't they just couldn't keep them. They were full of violence. They were corrupt. They couldn't even handle their own stuff. They tried to set their own rules. They couldn't even do that. So God judges. I hope you're still with me. Stick around. Next passage. So make for yourself an ark of cypress wood, or some of your passages say gopher wood. Cypress wood is the best guess we have. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. One passage says uh, pitch it in and out. I like that. This is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. Make a roof for it, leaving below the roof an opening one cubit high all around. Put a door on the side of the ark and make it lower, middle, and upper decks. I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens, every creature that has breath in it, 
everything on earth will perish. A flood of waters. Where's Ray? Ray, what's a flood? Yeah. A flood is a mighty wave? What's that look like? Largest handout ever, first wave ever. Think about that. That's great. I'm setting records left and right. This is great. So, so God gives Noah this assignment to, with very specific measurements to build an ark. Literally, a box. That's what ark means. It means a box. So the hull is not shaped like a boat hull, like we would think, like narrow at the bottom going up like that. That's not how the ark was shaped. It was shaped like a box. Literally, that's what that word means, box. And it's used only one other place in the Bible. And it's not the Ark of the Covenant. That's a different word, actually. It's actually used when the mother of Moses laid her baby Moses in the little basket by the river. She put him in an ark to protect him, to save him. Same word. Isn't that great? Ark. To save. So, what about the size of this ark? So let's look at it in today's terms, okay? So can everybody look up there at the middle, very top, high middle there of the building right there where it all arches together? Okay? So more than double that size. Double it and a little more. That's how high it was. Okay? Width-wise, from probably the edge of the property to the edge of the building maybe a little more, and then lengthwise from about the middle of the parking lot all the way down to the woods down there. So when you drive out this morning, look back. Give yourself a good visual. This is perfect property if this ever happens again. <laughs> this could be at who knows, who knows. So, And why does God want Noah to build a giant box in the middle of the desert? Because he's going to bring floodwaters on the face of the earth and destroy all life under the heavens, every creature. So he wants Noah to build an ark because, fill in number two, this is God's wrath. Oh, I know. We didn't like judgment. We sure don't like wrath. I know. I'm losing some of you already. Some of you, that's okay. It's not for everybody. It's only for one person. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's not. We don't want God's wrath. We don't want to hear about that. But there is wrath. There is wrath. The wages of sin is death. Yep. And who deserves it? Me. All of you. Sorry, bad news. We all deserve it. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. All of us. Every one of us. Nobody in this room made it. Sorry. But don't despair. If you're willing to stay with me, it's better. Hang on. Let's keep reading. Verse 18, but I will establish my covenant with you and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your son's wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep, al- keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, and of every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you and to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them. This is God's prophecy. His prophecy. Wrath, yes. Judgment, absolutely. But there's a covenant between just Noah and God. Nope. 
between you and God too. There's a covenant. There's an agreement. This is what 1 Thessalonians 5.9 says, For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's a covenant. Romans 5.9 tells us, Having died to make us righteous, is it likely now that he would fail to save us from God's anger? And when he speaks, will God's word come to pass? Well, we are asked the rhetorical question in Numbers 23. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? Verse 22, Noah did everything just as God commanded. This is obedience. I lost a whole bunch of you with that one. I know, obedience. You mean, Pete, I have to be obedient? Yes. God calls us to a life of obedience. A life of obedience. Noah said yes. He just said yes. Now, i got to tell you something. I'll be real honest with you. If God says to me, Pete, I want you to go build a giant box in the middle of the desert, here's what I'm going to say to God. A, why? I want to know why. B, I've already got a full-time job. I'm not sure I can commit. C, I don't know anything about building giant boxes in the middle of the desert. And D, I'm sure there's somebody else who could do it better. That would be my response. But Noah said yes. Now, I know God's never going to ask me to do that. I know that. But what if he asked me something else? What if he says, Pete, quit your job and go into full-time ministry? See, then I've got a whole different set of answers for him. Let me see what they are. A, why? B, I've already got a full-time job, so I'm not sure I can commit. C, I don't know anything about ministry. And D, I'm sure there's somebody that can do it better. That's my response to God. Way different. But see, it's obedience. You still with me? It's obedience. That's what God calls us to. If you're not into that, it's okay. Today's message is only for one person. Maybe it's not you. I don't know. Let's keep reading. The Lord then said to Noah, go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of every kind of clean animal, a male and its mate, and one pair of every kind of unclean animal, a male and its mate, and also seven pairs of every kind of bird, male and female, to keep their various kinds alive throughout the earth. Seven days from now I will send rain on the earth for forty days and forty nights, and I will wipe them from the face of the earth, every living creature I have made. This is God's promise. This promise. Here's what I'm going to do, says God. Notice it's specific. He's very specific. It's not arbitrary. He is specific. Just for Noah? Nope. For you and me too. His word is specific. Just here? Nope. Throughout his whole word. He is specific. When would the Savior come? Specific. Where would he be born? Specific. Why did he come? Specific. His whole word is specific. It's God's promises. Will he ever leave you or forsake you? Nope. Specific. He said, I will never, never, never fail you or forsake you. Even if you turn and walk away, his word doesn't change. I will never, never, never fail you or forsake you. How much more specific can we get than that? Verse 5, And Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. This is obedience. Oh, Pete, you already covered obedience. I know, I'm doing it again. This is obedience. I just wanted to make sure you were still with me. If you said you were with me last time, that you're still with me. This is a lifetime of obedience. So Noah was obedient again. Some of us want to just be obedient once or twice. 
a lifetime of obedience. I met this young lady recently. This was a great, great lady to, to meet. I just love talking to her. And she told me that she was in Europe on a two-year mission trip. And she was trying to, she was seeking God as to what he wanted her to do next, which, A, I thought was pretty cool. I'd be going, I want to figure out what I want to do next. And she was going, where does God want me? But she said she loved Europe. She just loved it. She loved everything about it. And she started to get this heart for, for Japan. And she didn't want to go to Japan. She had no idea what she would do in Japan for God. But then she finally said this. She said, I finally said yes. Because I thought, she said, I could be a friend to somebody. Isn't that great? In other words, I've got no skills or abilities, but I can be a friend. I can put my arm around somebody. And I'll go where God wants me to go. And I'll just be a friend to somebody. That's obedience. That's someone stepping out and just saying yes to God. I love that. Verse 6. Noah was 600 years old when the floodwaters came on the earth. And Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives entered the ark to escape the waters of the flood. Pairs of clean and unclean animals, of birds and of all creatures that move along the ground, male and female, came to Noah and entered the ark as God had commanded Noah. And after the seven days, the floodwaters came on the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, on the 17th day of the second month, specific, on the day that springs, on that day, all the springs of the great deep burst forth and the floodgates of the heavens were opened and the rain fell on the earth 40 days and 40 nights. This is prophecy fulfilled. Prophecy fulfilled. You want to know what I was going to put in my message right here? I was going to put in my message something really clever. I thought this was really cute. I said, I'm going to tell everybody that if God wants me to do something when I'm 600 years old, he's going to have to come and find me in Palm Springs. <laughs> and then I realized Palm Springs is in the desert, and maybe I better not say that. So, so I didn't put that in my message. So I took that right out of there. So, Secondly, notice how the animals came to Noah. The animals came to Noah. See, I'm a very logical thinker. Oh, you want me to build an ark and get two of every kind? Okay, I better start driving around Edgewood looking for two of every kind, right? I've got to find two of every kind. I've got to go find them, right? No, no, the animals came to Noah. They came to him. See, Noah, God spoke, right? Noah heard him. Noah took action. And the animals came to Noah. So do we really want 2013 to be better? Let's take this lesson from Noah. Be quiet enough to hear God's voice. Be obedient to God. Take action. And then see what God does in your life. Isn't that great? He's already called you to obedience. He's already called you to action. He's already called you to a better place. We don't do that and then we wonder, where's God? That's what we do. Okay, next passage, Genesis 7, verse 13. On that very day, Noah and his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, together with his wife and the wives of his three sons, entered the ark. They had with them every wild animal according to its kind, all livestock according to their kinds, every creature that moves along the ground according to its kind, and every bird according to its kind, everything with wings. Pairs of all creatures that have the breath of life in them came to Noah and entered the ark. 
The animals going in were male and female of every living thing, as God had commanded Noah. Then the Lord shut him in. This is God's seal. This is God's seal. As God commanded him, Noah went, and the Lord shut him in. Noah didn't close that door. Noah didn't pull a rope and close the door. Nope, God closed it. It was God's seal. And if you think this is just for Noah, look at 2 Corinthians 1, 21 and 22. It says this, Now it is God who makes us both, us and you, stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirits in our heart as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. This is God's promise, his seal over our lives. Do you accept that? You don't have to. Some of you won't. But that's okay. Today's message is only for one person. Maybe it's you. Verse 17, for 40 days the flood kept coming on the earth, and as the waters increased, they lifted up the ark high above the earth. The waters rose and increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the surface of the water. They rose greatly on the earth, and all the high mountains under the entire heavens were covered. The waters rose and covered the mountains to a depth of more than 15 cubits. Every living thing that moved on the land perished, birds, livestock, wild animals, all the creatures that swarm over the earth, and all mankind. Everything on dry land that has a breath of life in its nostrils died. Every living thing on the face of the earth was wiped out. People and animals and the creatures that move along the ground and the birds were wiped from the earth. Only Noah was left and those with him in the ark. The waters flooded the earth for 150 days. This is God's heartache. It's his heartache. We see evil in this world and we wonder why. Know this, God's heart is breaking. It's breaking. Second Peter 3.9 says this, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. His heart breaks when we turn away. He's constantly pursuing us. But when we're going in the other direction, his heart is breaking. Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn the world. I came to save it. Even when his disciples went and said, go destroy that town. Those people are no good. This is what Jesus said. I didn't come to condemn it. I came to save it. I came to bring good news. God's heart breaks. Next passage. But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark. And he sent a wind over the earth and the waters receded. Now the springs of the deep and the floodgates of the heavens had been closed and the rain had stopped falling from the sky. The water receded steadily from the earth. At the end of 150 days, the water had gone down. And on the 17th day of the seventh month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ariat. The waters continued to recede until the 10th month. And on the first day of the 10th month, the tops of the mountains became visible. This is God's heart. For Noah... It was the rain stopping, the mountaintops appearing, the water receding. God's heart for Noah was to see this and have hope. God's heart for you and for me is to come into a personal relationship with him through Jesus Christ. And in him alone, that's where we'll find our hope and our peace and our love and our prosperity. This is God's heart. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have eternal life. Do you want to see God's heart? Do you feel like it's been missing from your life? 
than just turn. That's not much to do. Just turn. That's what repentance means. It means to turn. I'm not asking you to turn and do a whole bunch of things. I'm not asking you to turn and read your Bible every day for 10 hours and pray for 14. I'm not asking you to do all that stuff. Just turn. Because you will find if you turn, not only will God be there for you, he will come running to you. Just turn. I read this story about this young lady named Brenda who recently wrote this. She said, I've always been one that had a hard time with self-esteem. I allow the negative voices of this world to weigh me down. In the past five years, God and I have been on a journey where he has showed me over and over again just how special I really am. I can say with confidence now that in God's heart, I am his princess. I am wonderfully made. I was made with a unique purpose. So are you. I have a God-given mission chosen just for me. So do you. So when the negative thoughts enter in, all I have to do is turn and be reminded of how special I am to him. Maybe this entire message today wasn't for you, but I hope that part was. Next passage. After 40 days, Noah opened a window he had made in the ark and sent out a raven, and it kept flying back and forth until the water had dried up from the earth. Then he sent out a dove to see if the water had receded from the surface of the ground. But the dove could find nowhere to perch because there was water all over the surface of the earth. So it returned to Noah in the ark. He reached out his hand and took the dove and brought it back to himself in the ark. He waited seven more days and again sent out the dove from the ark. When the dove returned to him in the evening, there in its beak was a freshly plucked olive leaf. Then Noah knew that the water had receded from the earth. He waited seven more days and sent out the dove again, but this time it did not return to him. This is patience and perseverance. Patience and perseverance. This is hanging on and believing in God's word and his truth when all seems lost. This is looking the enemy directly in the eye and calling him a liar. You can do that. God has given you that authority. In the name of Jesus, you have that authority. Find a verse that speaks to your situation and speak it right back to the enemy. Oh, enemy, you say this to me, this is what God says. He'll say it again, this is what God says. He'll say it again, this is what God says. Keep standing on his word. Keep standing on it. God's victory is already yours in 2013. In fact, it's already yours today. You don't even have to wait two more days. Next verse. By the first day of the first month of Noah's six hundred and first year, the water had dried up from the earth. Noah then removed the covering from the ark and saw that the surface of the ground was dry. By the 27th day of the second month, the earth was completely dry. This is God's completion. He completes things. How dry was it? Completely. How dry was it when the Israelis crossed over the Jordan when God stopped up the water? How dry was that riverbed? Completely dry. God completes things. This is God's completion. Then God said to Noah, Come out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring out every kind of living creature that is with you, the birds, the animals, and all the creatures that move along the ground so that they can multiply on the earth and be fruitful and increase the number in it. This is God's command. It's a command. 
command for Noah, yep, but also a command for you. It's a command for you. Well, Pete, God just doesn't speak to me. No, he probably doesn't if you're not spending time with him. God doesn't speak to me. He probably doesn't if you're not reading his word. He probably doesn't if you're not being quiet enough to hear him. He probably doesn't speak. But if you'll do those things, he will speak. If you'll seek him, he will speak. If you're upset that I said that, don't be. Maybe today's message is not for you. Verse 18, so Noah came out together with his sons and his wife and his wife's sons. All the animals and all the creatures that move along the ground and all the birds, everything that moves on land came out of the ark one kind after another. This is obedience. Again, yes, again. Obedience. And this is action. This is action. Obey and move. Take action. Church, I really believe this. 2013 is a year of action for LifeSpring. It's a year of action for you and me, not just corporate body, you and me individually. We've got to start taking action. We've got to start moving. We've got to start going forward. Let's get things done. Noah was obedient time and time again, and Noah took action. Noah moved, and it's time for us to get moving too. And the final passage, then Noah built an altar to the Lord. Yes, Noah worshiped God. Imagine that. And taking some of the clean animals... And clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, will never cease. The final fill-in, this is God's promise, his covenant for you. He's got a promise and a covenant for you. Maybe you think this was a story somebody made up years ago. It's not, church. It's an account God put in his word for at least one person to hear today. Just one. And if that's all it was, it was worth it. One person. Let me call the worship team back up here as I close with this. Why is this handout so long today? Here's where I offend somebody. I haven't already. The handout's so long today because we walk in here Sunday after Sunday and we don't bring our Bibles. And I'm not picking on you if you're a visitor and I'm not picking on you if you just forgot it because stuff happens and you got kids and stuff going on and whatever. I get that. But if we're walking in here Sunday after Sunday, if we're walking Monday through Saturday... And we don't have God's word with us. How can we expect 2013 to be any different? How can we possibly expect it? This is God's word. It is powerful. You want 2013 to be different. This is where it will be different. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. So let me close in prayer. I just want to ask everybody just to bow your heads and close your eyes. Nobody's going to see you. I just want to know if there's, if if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and today you want to take that first step, just 
raise your hand or look up and make eye contact with me. And if you do know him and you've just been away for a long time and you want to come back and you want 2013 to be a year with him, to walk next to him every single day, to watch your life change because of the power of God in you, just raise your hand right now. Thank you, Jesus. starts. Today's the day. Just spend a quiet moment with him later today and just talk to him. He will answer. Father God, see our hands, Lord. Lord, I was wrong. It's more than one, Lord. There's lots of us, Lord. You spoke to so many of us today, Father God. Your word is powerful and it's true and it never changes, Father God. So today, Lord, we turn back to you. We come back to you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you don't just wait in one place for us. You come running to us. We give you all the praise, Lord. We give you all the glory, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we don't even know what to ask for or what to do or whatever next, Lord. But we ask, Lord, that you would show us the way, Lord. Show us the next step. Guide us, Lord. Speak to us, Father God. We're desperate, Lord. Forgive us for where we have failed and walked 